0: Blog Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show. With Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies. Online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile news tips, tricks, and best practices. From actual marketers search professionals, and social media experts.
1: Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Marketing Tech Show. Um, we are uh, actually trying to get a hold of Mark right now, um, so uh, you're going to have to hang on until we talk to him. <laughs> Let me get
2: that. again, each of them? We
1: uh, we have in our office here at DK Media kind of a cool thing. We have a uh, Simon Simon's Bitzer. Uh, they're a local CPA of the year here in Indianapolis. Uh, so uh, uh, a company that we're uh, that we are. Uh, I think we've been signing. We've been saying that we're going to sign up for a year now, right? I Maybe um, about before I jump off the roof doing accounting. Uh, we need to we need to do that. And Then uh, intro. Yeah, I'm Tony Vernon with Prism Design Group, an uh, independent uh, communications firm. And we have, of course, Marty Thompson is here with us. Hey, everybody. And then we have, what's from Indiana University Kokomo New Media. So the New Media Club from IU Kokomo is here um, here in the, in, in the DK New Media headquarters. So we have a full crowd here in um, town. Today we are going to talk about empathetic marketing. Uh, Mark Ingwer is the author uh, of of the book, and we're going to go through a number of things with or without Mark. We're trying to get him to to dial in right now uh, and see if we can get him on the phone. We tried to dial him right before, uh, but one of the things that uh, Mark's uh, Mark's, uh, book speaks to is understanding your client and understanding your audience. From from an empathetic standpoint, And Marty, you've gone through the six traits that Mark speaks about. Uh, do you want to do you wanna speak to speak those a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, I, this is really interesting stuff.
3: You know, Mark talks about the six uh, core emotional needs of, of customers that that frequently really they go unidentified. And um, I don't want to steal his thunder, but Um, Among them are things like recognition and Um, self-expression. It's interesting because we as marketers often miss out on either thinking about or even achieving that sort of direct emotional uh, connection with with customers and prospects. So I hope we can get him on the show here. We'll go through the six. Well, he talked about things like control – uh, self-expression, growth, which I'm assuming is growth on, on the part of the customer or a prospect. He talks about the need for recognition. Um, he talks about the need for a sense of belonging and a sense of caring. And when I think about things like recognition and a sense of belonging, I immediately start thinking about social, all the social. Yeah. That, you know, how, how do we you know, achieve this sense of community? we're inbound marketers. How do we help the, you know clients and organizations move their customers to that mind frame?
1: And, I, and I, I'd agree. We were talking before the show that we were given a couple examples. Harry had, had read um, some of Mark's book, and, and we were talking about a couple of things. One was from a VC standpoint, a business consumer standpoint, tapping into um, you know behavioral, I guess, the side of marketing and what people are actually looking for. And, and that's that we know in e-commerce, for example, that um, your e-commerce site has to emote trust. You have to – someone's not going to buy from you unless they trust you, which is an ocean. That's not necessarily a tactical thing. So so people do a lot of the things on an e-commerce to, to make sure that it's trustworthy, they have and they have awards, um, and they have – security certificates on the site, and they have, uh, you know, uh, customer service, live customer service. All of these things are to, to get that trust, you know, issue overcome with. And we were even talking from the B2B standpoint, the business-to-business standpoint, how important these things are with our own customers, that it's not always with us, although our customers, although primary um, goal with our customers is to increase the volume of of visitors to their site and increase the number of leads to them, increase the number of customers to them, that that's not necessarily the goal when it comes to the person that we're working with on the other side of the phone. And that's um, sometimes that person has monthly goals with okay. their boss okay. that they have to achieve. Uh sometimes they have reports they have to bring, um the the owner of their company. Sometimes it they just want to feel it easy on a day to day basis that there's that there's progress. And and so we have to tap into those things with our customers um to make sure that um that we're serving, not the overall goal of the marketing campaign, but actually serving their personal, you know, emotional needs.
3: Oh, I just got some good news. Mark just called our our awesome number, so we can reach back out to him and get him online.
1: Oh, so maybe what I'll do is I'll do do a commercial and we'll uh, we'll tie him in. So um, hold on, everybody. We'll uh, we'll do a commercial here and and be right back on.
0: Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years. Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services, from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing voted one of the 2011 best places to work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest growing companies. Delivera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delivera.com or call 866 915 9465. Tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog. FormStack, an online form builder that has become a leader in creating, managing, and hosting online forms, is your solution to data collection. FormStack provides small businesses and nonprofits an easy to use form building tool to easily collect and manage data. Create surveys, order forms, and event registrations with no web skills needed. To learn more and register for a free 14 day trial, visit formstack.com.
4: Each and every week, you get bombarded with hundreds of emails, dozens of meetings, countless requests, updates, and reminders, and a deluge of -of out-of-control deadlines and tasks. More information and distraction means less communication, which affects your productivity, efficiency, and your sanity. At MindJet, we offer the tools to help you get the job done. MindJet takes that information overload and organizes it visually in terms people can understand and shares it with those who act outside the box, pushing the envelope. Back to the drawing board. Thinking in new ways means doing in new ways, and it's hard to work creatively when you rely on old tools. Whiteboards, sticky notes, and endless email threads only get you so far and don't work if your team is scattered across the globe. At MindJet, we offer the tools for more vibrant and productive brainstorming, MindJet puts your ideas into a visual framework in terms people can understand and shares it with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Work fast, work smart. Go to MindJet.com to learn more. Outside the box, pushing the envelope, back to the drawing board. Thinking in new ways means doing in new ways, and it's hard to work creatively when you rely on old tools. Whiteboards, sticky notes, and endless email threads only get you so far and don't work if your team is scattered across the globe. At MindJet, we offer the tools for more vibrant and productive brainstorming. MindJet puts your ideas into a visual framework in terms people can understand and shares it with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Work fast, work smart. Go to mindjet dot com to learn more.
1: All right, we're gonna have uh Mark is gonna dial into the show. Uh, Mark is on the phone with my right now. It looks like we had some connectivity issues when he was on. So you guys heard all of our works all at once, so uh thanks for hanging with us. <laughs> so we were we were talking about um Empathetic, Empathetic Marketing is the book that Mark has, has written. Mark, we at I-N-G-W-E-R. And, um, and um, we're looking forward to having Mark on the air so that I can stop dancing here. Um, if you haven't already, uh, please follow Marketing Technology blog on Twitter. It's N-K-T-G-Tech, T-C-H, blog, B-L-O-G. Uh and um and then follow us on Facebook as well. In a couple of weeks we're actually excited that um you're gonna have a mobile app um to both listen to us listen to our podcast, uh watch our videos and um and uh read us online of course. Um here we go. We have Mark it looks like. So Mark, are you there?
2: I am here.
1: Fantastic. Sorry about that. It looks like we, we ran every problem
2: possible. Not a problem. You're you're coming, you know, in and out. Are you on a cell phone can I ask you? No, no,
1: it's a voice over IP line, so we we tend uh, to have problems every once in sure. a while with it. Um and and, okay. and I think it's I think it's two hamsters on a wheel down in the basement. Um <laughs> so So as best you can, I will try to speak slow and enunciate, uh, and hopefully the audio comes through um, from the other side. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background?
2: Sure. My background originally, um, ever since I was probably a teenager, I wanted to be a psychologist. I wanted to understand why I was inclined to do the crazy things that I was doing, and I just found it fascinating to learn about why other people were doing the things that they were doing. And so, um, ultimately, I went to school and got a doctorate in clinical psychology, and um, then I went back and went to the Wharton School of Business to learn a little bit about business because I wanted to uh, bridge the gap um, in terms of what was going on. Um, within businesses and try to understand what the emotional underpinnings were for some of the decisions that were being made. Because my, uh, appreciation of business once I got involved in business was such that there were a lot of, uh, a lot of politics, a lot of decisions that weren't ultimately in, uh, I, I suppose taking into account what the end user truly desired, yearned for, and needed and oftentimes there was some type of breakdown. So I um, started uh, a firm in Chicago. We're an international-based marketing research and consulting firm focusing on uh, why people do what they do and helping our clients figure out how best to uh, engage with them, communicate with them, and to develop new products and services that uh, align with people's deeper needs and wants.
1: And is part of that the internal culture and helping companies actually fix internal roadblocks that are enabling them to help the external customer?
2: Well, I, I don't know that our clients consider their their culture and the, the mindset that goes on um, within some of their um business units and business practices as being problematic. Um, By and large, our work focuses on helping our clients be better marketers and um, develop products and services and and connect with people so that uh, their end users, whether they're in the business-to-business arena or business-to-see arena, um, get what they want to develop value because there's tons of um products and services that are essentially commodity um services so ultimately we're learning that what makes a difference sometimes isn't so much in terms of the product but how it's communicated and how it's supported and how the customer feels as a result of using the product and what the product means on uh, to the to the customer
1: and and do you think that – I mean, I just think it's fascinating as well because we were talking a little bit earlier in the show and before the show that what we found as a business was, you know, our product and services, it didn't really matter how great we thought they were. And even sometimes the results that we, we got business that we were working with didn't matter as much as paying attention to what the expectations of our clients were – and what their needs, you know, even sometimes independently from the work that we're doing, uh, was
2: is that something that you you tend to see as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, our work's fascinating in that a lot of our, a lot of what we see in uh, the world of business is that everyone talks about embracing the emotional mindset and being customer centric. Um, But ultimately, sometimes they end up focusing on the last quarter's results, being mindful of their shareholders, and playing it safe, and asking the same old questions that they've asked in the past, and ultimately not uh, moving the needle much. And so they oftentimes overly rely upon data and marketing research that answers rational questions without drilling down to understand what goes on emotionally. And so uh, they treat customers essentially as a herd without really addressing the uh, the unique needs and wants of uh, different segments. And so they, we see a lot with our clients that they focus on technology and the latest and greatest techniques and data without really... Embracing what goes on at a deeper level in terms of customers' wants and needs, and so uh what we've developed is a unique and different approach to engaging with uh, customers that um, and we found that the bridge is is what we call empathy and to truly connect on a deeper level, you have to put yourself in the shoes. Of the people that uh, are buying your products and services, and that there's all too often we look at customers as essentially a transaction. We look at them opening their wallets and then purchasing our service, putting their wallets back in, and then utilizing our products and services, and then walking away. And um, we really, it's a, in today's marketplace, to be truly competitive, you have to understand what people's hopes. What their dreams are, what their fears are, what the products mean to them, um, and, and to understand the whole person outside of the transaction, and some of these needs that we address, you know, certainly have been found to, to be valid um, scientifically, and even cross culturally. And so, uh, I wrote a book called Empathetic Marketing that focuses. Essentially, on six core needs. And um, it's not necessarily exclusive, um, but it's pretty comprehensive in terms of what uh, people in the marketplace um, ultimately yearn for. We have to look at the meaning of why people use what they use, because ultimately, you know, a car is not simply a car to get you from one place to the other, even if. That's what you strive for, across right. has something ultimately think, all go ahead
1: well, and do you think you know are these are these six dimensions that you guys look at are they independent of one another, or are there you know groups with combinations of them?
2: That's a really good question, um and we're in the process of um for our individual clients looking at how their products and services um, from a, a segmentation point of view, deliver upon each of the needs, but certainly um, you know there's segments who um, need more control, which does not mean that they don't need to um, convey and utilize self expression, which is another need or recognition um, but what you what we help our clients do is understand what 's most important to uh, create an in, individual identity and use it as a unique selling proposition so that they can own that space, if you will.
1: So, for, like for in,
2: a I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no go just, ahead. Thanks.
1: I'd love to hear an example.
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, for an example, I mean, it, control is so important for us, but we don't. Really, necessarily harvest and and capitalize on that. And some of the companies that we've worked with and we, that we know, and we hear about in the popular press, they um, they're they're dedicated in a profound way to giving their customers um, greater control. So, for instance, um, Apple recently was finding that um, one of their scores, they do these ratings um, on a daily basis and then they look at it on a weekly basis in their retail settings, and they look at um, these the three ratings, ultimately, and they they were going down in this one particular store, and, and they just couldn't figure out why. And But the, it was around the issue of customers feeling that they were getting the service quality that they needed and the attention within the stores. And ultimately, what they found was that People, you know, weren't getting to find the, if you will, the the genius, the the Apple service representatives at the retail stores. And lo and behold, the reason that they weren't getting to have the access that they wanted at the time they wanted was because they couldn't find them. And, And that was somewhat ironic because everyone, I mean, it's kind of cool to wear black. And a lot of the customers were wearing black as well as the geniuses and the customer service representatives. <laughs> and they found that uh, if they wore bold colors, that really increased their scores of enabling their customers to feel more in control and to have greater access to the people that they wanted when they were interested in answering the questions. So sometimes you just have to drill down a little bit more to understand what how to provide control for your customers and and customer service is, is so important because you can provide a great product but if um, the customer service aspect isn't there then you get a lot of frustration discomfort and stress and, um, and that becomes problematic and some of the, the customers or the the companies that have done a superb job out there are um, amazon you know they're they're exceptional, but what they've done is essentially give people control and understood that there's an incredible need for people to do shopping when they want how they want, where they want on their terms and so Amazon has brought together a huge array of products and suppliers and lets you order practically anything from your home and control when it will be delivered and have it easily returned. So ultimately you feel like you're in charge, you're in control and that differentiates them in terms of, uh, how they've capitalized on this important human need that oftentimes people don't understand, um, Nordstroms does that as well on the retail level. You know, their their return policy is nothing short of amazing. I've actually been in the store where someone will return a shirt that was clearly um tarnished from overuse and no questions asked. No receipt <laughs> required. No deadline. You can return that shirt and know that they're gonna stand there and stand behind their product and services and will be there, um, what's been fascinating is that those recent innovators um, have really who really understood the need for control have truly changed the marketplace um, iTunes over ten years ago, again, I know we're focusing on Apple, and Apple's made mistakes as well, and Google's made mistakes as well, but they um, have listened and appreciated the ultimate need for control. So iTunes revolutionized the way people shop for and, and listen to music, giving customers unprecedented control to, to personalize their music. Uh, you know, I'm probably dating myself, but, um, when I grew up, you had to buy a whole CD. You had to, you couldn't cherry pick. If there's a song you wanted, you had to purchase the, the, the full Monty, if you will. And, uh, You couldn't listen to samples, but now you can sample songs and buy the songs you like and arrange your own um, playlists so that you're again in control. And now, to move the ball even more forward, there are companies such as Spotify and Rhapsody that challenge iTunes because no longer are people purchasing a particular um, song but now you can have access to the entire inventory and do that on a monthly basis and have that song um, beamed up to you, if you will, whenever you like it, as long as you pay your 9.95 a month. So um, they've out iTunes iTunes so that there's just one <laughs> low monthly fee. Yeah, so, I, I'm a huge fan of
1: Spotify and it's dramatically cut my expense bill. I'll tell you that. Yeah, what what I mean, about?
2: What, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: what about in the, what about in the business uh, to business community? You know, in in the B two B community, we we have a tendency to think that decisions regarding purchases tend to be rather impersonal. Um, might require many people to you know to to help make that decision. But are you finding that? That what you're doing actually is not just as applicable in the in the B2B process, but also um,
2: uh, underrepresented, if you will. Yeah, I think there's been uh, all too often this perception that B2B people, you know, buy based on very rational drivers, when in fact in, they neglect, um, you know, even in terms of. Uh, Doctors or hospitals to know that you know they're they the hospital administrators and physicians they're they're people and they they have needs and wants and desires. We found some work that we did with with docs where um it was for bear aspirin and bear wanted uh to have the doctors name the the you know an aspirin as a way of responding to people that could prevent cardiac events. And the doctors, you know, who were getting a fair amount of money from from us to talk with us, they were really resentful, at least initially, that um, they w- we were going to ask them to uh, sell out their their patients. You know, we're paying more for a branded product. Well, ultimately, we found out that these doctors were um, going to feel guilty and... Um, compromised in some way if, in fact, as we learned, that many of their patients were confused about um, the analgesic category. So if they were going to go pick up ibuprofen um, or uh, or what else can you pick up, Uh, uh, a whole range of other um, analgesics, it wouldn't be aspirin. And so as a result, Reluctantly to them, they were um, un, initially unwilling to, to make a branded request, but then they had needs and wants that we needed to take into account that um, they saw that they didn't want to be vulnerable and have people making mistakes, and they wanted an investment in people getting a therapeutic effect, and some people... We're confused, as you or I might be, if you went to the pain reliever category and we're picking up something other than aspirin, acetaminophen, um, unbeknownst to you, not getting the therapeutic effect. So, yes, we really have to drill down in in the B2B area to understand that decision-makers have emotions and desires, whether it's even as simple as wanting to look good in front of their boss or you know, there's a whole host of desires that uh, that decision makers have, and and I think your your point is well taken. In the B to B space, people all too often neglect that. One of the um, terms that I, I don't see you use is emotional intelligence, and I'm wondering if if you would characterize what you have done as a, a Apply emotional intelligence to this arena. Um, it, w- would that be a fair characterization, or do you not like the? Uh, wouldn't accept the concept of emotional intelligence here? No, it's a it's a great concept, um, and and we've used one of the quotes from uh, the the person Daniel Goleman, who developed and coined the the approach, and we've spoken with him about emotional intelligence and evolving the concept Um, but initially um, his books were focused on in the um, employee area to show how people who were advancing within corporations it wasn't all about being smart in in a school-like way but it's being tuned into the people around you and considering their feelings and thoughts uh, to to you know to move in the corporate world and so what we've done is utilize some of those concepts but we've evolved them and and Daniel Goleman he's a psychologist as well and so we we start off embracing the social sciences and understanding that there's academia has a lot to contribute to understand how best to connect with with customers and to build a franchise and to build a brand. And, um, you know, I think too often marketers kind of look at, at the transaction or doing what they did in business school and they got to be successful because they got high, uh, high GRE scores or did well in their class, but there has to be an appreciation for, as you say, um, emotional intelligence and being tuned in to the wants and needs of others and not just necessarily promoting your, um, your own products. And so we see a lot of co-branding going on where you can align yourself with other products and services so it's not just about your products. And um, we also see um, a lot of products also aligning themselves with cause marketing and that's obviously very, very powerful presuming that there's a lot of Me Too products in the marketplace, people like to feel as though that their purchase decisions, um, you know, express caring. And that's one of the needs that we, we drill down on in the book as well, the need to to feel cared for. And that's uh plays a, a really important role in terms of uh distinguishing certain brands. And so you know, um and that also comes up in terms of customer care. And so we've seen Zappos um you know, really do empower their their salespeople that are on the phone to to do things that very few um retail outlets could do. So for instance there was a, um I talk about this in my book, there was a situation where a customer's mother recently had some medical treatment that left her, you know, she had neuropathy, so her feet were numb and sensitive and swollen, and meant that a lot of her shoes were useless. So she ordered her mother six pairs of shoes from Zappos, hoping that, you know, that one of them would ultimately work. But, you know, she got the the shoes in a, in a brief period of time, and the mother you know, didn't like the shoes. And so the mother called Zappos to get instructions on how to return the shoes because they didn't work for her. And then, she, you know, the, the person on the other line said, well, tell me more. Tell me why. And they said, oh, I understand. And they she said, of course, we'll take back your shoes. The transaction occurred two days later. The, the mother received a large bouquet of flowers from Zappos, wishing her well and hoping that she recovered from her treatment soon. So, and awesome. then, yeah, but this is real, real stuff. I mean, that companies do to empower their service reps to make a difference in transacting so that people know what they stand for. And in this particular instance, they were also upgraded to Zappos VIP members, which gives them, you know, free expedited shipping on all their orders. So,
1: and do, do you think? That, I, and this is a perfect tie-in to a question um, that I was going to have for us. You. you know, we we have obviously lots of our friends are sales in sales coaches, and you know, uh, Matt Nettleton is my my sales coach, so I'll give him a, a shout out here. And and Matt's always talked about you know tapping in from a sales standpoint, get to understand the person and getting to understand the pain points that they're personally going through, and working through that to see if there's an opportunity for business there. It, it seems to me, and my as it's just my opinion, is that you know once upon a time marketers we we did always just um, you know uh, create for the least common denominator, if you will. And we, we hid behind a brand and we hid behind a logo. And as long as we perfected that, you know, we we were good to go as marketers. Our salespeople are always the ones, you know, feeling the pain and building and, and those emotional relationships with the clients. Is, is this just a simple fact of, you know, the transition with social media and 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 the fact that now marketing is on the front lines and actually accountable, you know, to the to our customers, that that marketers are now having to learn some of the same skill sets that our, our, our salespeople actually knew about before.
2: Yeah, I think there's certainly some crossover, and ultimately, you know, the story is true from time immemorial. You know, you, you need to what those relationships that are intimate um, and I, and I mean close and appreciating the wants and needs and who's behind the transaction, this is, you know, that's what, what makes people feel good. You, you trust someone and that's what creates long-term, not just, you don't want to just create a sale. You want to create loyalty. You want to take, create long-term value. And if you feel appreciated as we go through you know, and we feel cared for, and we we trust. You know whether it's Trader Joe's or whether it's iTunes or whether it's you know Southwest Airlines that really stand up to the plate and do unusual. Um, they're not they're not it, they're not hiding behind marketing. They're these stories right. that you hear that show what their commitment is understanding and appreciating people. And there's this, um, I don't think, I think a lot of people know about it, but there's this story that I actually sometimes, I was presenting recently and I I got a little choked up about it. But um, Southwest um, was contacted by a man who needed to get from L.A. to Denver and to see his dying grandson for the last time. And he was on life support. And so he called Southwest to explain the emergency Situation and book a last-minute flight. And so, you know, he was held up, as many people are in L.A. by traffic, and long lines at LAX, and he just didn't make it to the gate on time. So the guy gets to the gate 12 minutes late after the plane was scheduled to leave, and all of a sudden he sees the door still open. And who's there? The pilot. And the pilot's waiting for him, and um, he says, Thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. And the pilot said, "You know what? They can't go anywhere without me, and I wasn't going anywhere <laughs> without you. So,
1: that's awesome.
2: relax. We're going to get you there. And again, I'm sorry for what you're going through.
1: Well, and I, uh, you know, it's another compelling story. And it seems to me that what companies are are missing or where the gap is that they think that's an expense. I think. They they look at that and they say." You know, the 12 minutes cost us this much money. Um, and don't, they don't look at the possible gains of something like that. So, the, you know, the bouquet of to the Zappos um, you know, mother, they're not looking at that. They're looking at as as an expense and not looking sure. at it as a, a revenue generator. And is that, you know, I, I guess part of our siloed analytical you know, look at every, you know, penny that we're spending or whatever, you know, and, and you know, trim your budget. And, and a lot of, uh, a lot of times people trim customer service, they trim um, market budgets and they, they have no concept of, you know, what the, you know, long-term impact of those, um, of those, you know, expenses are.
2: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And um, they're, All too often, you know, the people making the decisions are um, financial. I'd love to see more psychological and emotionally um, connected people, which, you know, I'm not saying that they don't have emotions, but to make major transactions and not appreciate and to just be bottom-line focused is really to miss miss an opportunity. For instance, we saw the entire um, game change, in terms of those um service providers um internet service providers that um gave away their services initially and didn't and a o l was late to the game you know they they stuck to their i don't know twenty nine dollars a month service fee when some of the other um internet service providers were you know were giving it away and so I mean even my um my my book publisher you know was reluctant to allow us to um provide excerpts from the book because they were concerned that um we were giving away their intellectual property now publishers are in the awkward position these days of not knowing whether a book's going to be around in 5 years and they're going to lose all their sales to um you know, the online marketplace and e-books. But clearly those who who understand people are those that are succeeding in, in social marketing. You have to whet people's appetites. You have to create buzz. You can't just expect people, you know, if you have a good title, to buy the book. You have to, you know, share it. And so... I. I think it's just smart business to appreciate. Yet sometimes you have to give things away. Whether and but, look beyond, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: But, and the person that wasn't going to buy it still isn't going to buy it. You know, the the person that is is probably thinking about buying it might after you do that. Yeah. You we know, we we've run the same problem. You know, marketing tech blog is really an outlet for us for us to kind of release all of the things that we learn and educate ourselves, you know, for our clients. And, you know, lots of people feel like we're giving away the farm when we tell people how to code something or how to do something. But the fact is is that when people read about the complexity of a situation like that, uh, half of them go do it themselves because they're tinkerers, and we're never gonna do business with those folks anyways. The other half that find it complex and want some expertise there, Still going to call us and ask us for help, and and so we we just find that you know a lot of the time telling the whole story and telling them all about you know um, the the issues and the complexities and the strategy um, that's the best that's the best sales job we can ever do because after someone hears that they
2: go gosh I don't want to do that <laughs> you know let's right. let's get next year to do it yeah I think we we we're of the same. Thinking, um, you know, my we had a conversation with our publisher, and someone on the other line said, "Well, they may take all of the excerpts and cobble them together, and have access to, you know, essentially the essence of your book, and that's our in- intellectual property." And I was like you, know, I said, "God love them. If they want to do that yeah. <laughs> and do that, you know, go for it. They have my blessing." Either if they're doing that, they might even, you know, do that in the hospital because that is crazy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think six months into our booking release, I saw, you know, I saw it on a dozen free sites that you could, you know, torrent and download it, and uh, that didn't bother me at all. Those like that, those were never going to purchase it anyway. Well, Mark, Mark, where, uh, where can people, Speaking of which, um, where can people find you online, and and uh, and, and let's go through your book again so that people are clear on where they pick it up?
2: Well, I'm in the books um, on Amazon, and uh, it, you know our uh, there's empatheticmarketing.com, and um, the name of our company is Insight Consulting group dot com online and we're uh, headquartered in Chicago and we have a, an office on the east coast and on the west coast
1: and, and you serve mostly uh, large, large clients and uh, you know provide you said market research and, and consultation strategies
2: yeah I mean we do we have a division that does that puts into effect the core ideas of empathetic marketing in terms of training as well as um, our consulting practice. But the the bread and butter in the past has been our marketing research services. We are a global company, so we do that throughout the world right now.
1: And can people find you on Twitter and Facebook as well?
2: We're on Facebook. I don't know that we have a big presence on Twitter, but – we haven't uh, explored that as much as perhaps we should you know sometimes that they, uh, a
1: change after today <laughs> <laughs> right. found you on Twitter. oh marty, <laughs> marty found you and already retweeted so <laughs> well, well mark i really appreciate you taking the time today and and oh, sorry you. about those initial sorry about the initial communication issues that we had um we'll work through this right now and we think we have a uh, an opportunity to fix those future calls. but uh thank
2: taking the time this is oh no, thank you really my we're, pleasure, work, thank you, good luck to you guys all right, thanks all right. bye bye bye.
0: Connect with us anytime at marketingtechblog.com. And from there, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog.